Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. Hey, I'm not Tyler Jones. (laughs) And I'm not KC. (laughs) And you're not listening to... The Element Podcast. What's happening, all my woods people? Casey, follow me real quick. I am riding along beside you. <laughs> you have to, don't no, you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, I mean, you're, yeah, you're not. We'll call this following. Yeah, you're not in the back seat. That's true. Uh, but it's pretty close um, to a follow. Yeah. Okay. So, like, follow, subscribe. I've been. Uh, everybody probably knows uh, if they follow any kind of sports at all or athletic type stuff that Mike Tyson has got a a big fight he's promoing right now. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so. The other night, I ended up watching. They, they, you know, part of his uh, promotion has been this Shark Week. You know, sharks versus Mike Tyson kind of thing. And I'm like, what are they going to do this time? They did the uh, Michael Phelps one several years ago. You remember that one? Mm, no. And everybody knew, you know, he was going to lose. It's like, yeah, this is the fastest human on earth. Uh, I mean, no doubt, all time, whatever. But like, he's going to lose to a shark. You know. Anyway, this was uh, not really. Mike Tyson versus sharks as much as Mike Tyson getting used to sharks, but <laughs> it was cool. I, I enjoyed it. It was really funny actually, and because Tyson, he's pretty funny, yeah. but he's also like, I feel like that dude is scary to be around. Oh. Like if I was around him it, at any moment, like if you've ever watched some of his past interviews and stuff, like he can blow up at any moment. Moment, you know yeah. what I mean? It's kind of scary. So uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, for some reason, this whole chain of events just came into my, my mind. There's this, there's this mystical thing in the whitetail world. It's mystical for us and a lot of probably southern hunters. It's called buck bedding and hunting buck bedding, right? Mm. If you were Mike Tyson, it would be mystical. <laughs> That's what all <laughs> that was for? 
Yeah, so, uh, so Mike Tyson, it's a myth, right? Dude, it's a myth. Mike's gonna listen to this and he's gonna come find you. <laughs> no, right? he don't care. He might. He don't care about. That's me. right, dude. It is a myth. So, see, Mike Tyson <laughs> would say myth the same way we do. Mythical. Myth, it just myth. <laughs> the myth of buck betting. That's right. It is. Hmm. It's you can't say it's not a thing. Yeah, yeah. Because sure. the deer have to bed somewhere. Yep. But the concept of finding a specific buck's bed and hunting that deer, it's its a myth. You can't yeah. do it in Texas. Yeah. We'll talk more about that later. All right, yeah. so today <laughs> uh, we're headed to go do some video. Buck betting finding, right? Buck betting finding. That's what we're yeah. looking for. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, that's what we're going to look for all the day. But we're headed out to go scout some public land. Um this is not going to be a map scout challenge, although we will be using our maps and we will be scouting and it will be it'll challenging. Be, it will so. be very challenging for sure. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, I'm not looking record. forward to it, actually. Yeah. I, I'm not looking forward to it. Oh, I'm glad I talked over you when you said not. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be fine. It's going to be one of the hottest days of the year. Uh, it's going to be 103 today, Oof. so uh, it's pretty warm. And yeah. it, it's not too I bad stepped out, out of my door at like 6 a.m. and it was already pretty it's, muggy. It's not supposed to. There's not supposed to be like any wind today, mm. so that's the that's the hard part. The humidity is stacked right now. There's no wind to cut any of it. It's a tough day, and that's really not like as much what I'm not looking forward to as um, the frustration that's going to endure after a couple hours on the property on these properties or whatever, where these spots that we go. Dude, we're going to so, go out there and we're going to find the biggest buck bed ever. <laughs> if we do, we know who probably belongs to. We do. We, we do. So the the idea today is that we're going back after teenager. And if you've been a long time listener to the podcast, I don't even know if we have any of those. They've probably gotten tired of us by now. <laughs> but uh, if you have, you know some of the backstory here. You know uh, Cody Brown. You know about teenager, right? And so, this deer has perplexed us for coming up on four four years. It'll perplex us this year too. I have a feeling. I would imagine. Um, yeah. So let's let's see the season twenty sixteen season. Is that that pink drink that girls sell on Facebook? Perplexion. Perplexus. Oh, that well, it is? Probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I've tried not to pay too much attention <laughs> to that. Um, so twenty sixteen season that. Basically, right after that season, in the postseason, so it was technically 2017, but Teenager had his 2016 rack. That's when I located this deer for the first time on kind of just a scouting uh, session. Actually, went with my son, uh, and we were just poking around public land, and he, you know, endured a pretty good bit of walking. And he's a tiny guy back then. He was man, and the grass was tall. And uh, I, I put him on my shoulders quite a bit at that point. That's not happening these days since he's <laughs> no. 105. You that's know? elk training at that point in time. <laughs> that's right. That's for, yeah. It's like my camera backpack. Uh, but, yeah, so found this deer in early 2017 with his 2016 rack on. We have pictures of him from 2017 season. We have pictures of him from 2018 season. We have pictures of him from 2019 season. So we thought he was three in 2016. Mm-hmm. which would make him six and a half now. Is that That's right? That's an old public land deer. Yeah. And an we buck. found, oh, we have pictures of him from 2020, actually. We've got January pictures of him, I believe. Yeah. So He anyway, made it. We do know He that. made it through yeah. the season, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Which is crazy. Yeah. He's, and then he's he's got a very, 
he's got some characteristics that are very definite. Uh, that you know, like I, I, we're you and I are very sure he's pretty much always been a big eight point, huge frame, tall rack, wide, and he's got these brow tines that are very telling. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the main reason how we know. Plus, uh, the way the property sets up is so tough to hunt, but it it also kind of keeps deer in in some in an area to an extent you know a mm-hmm. big area but like anyway it, it just we're, we're we're very sure that this is the same deer and um i was looking at the map the other day because it's like man if he's still around we should probably try to give it another go um we've been very frustrated trying to hunt this deer and i started looking at maps and i got frustrated again because i was like man we have been all over this place we have looked for sheds one spring. We looked, we went miles. We, oh, were, yeah. we were using the cookie uh, crumb, you know, <laughs> breadcrumb uh, cookies for us, uh, duplex for us. But uh, there's a guy walking by himself with a mask on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. We used that breadcrumb crumb, uh, f- feature on uh, on X, yeah. you know, and that was a. Uh, that was how we would like say, okay, we've been here. Now we're going to go 20 yards over and try to find a shed over here, you know? Yeah. And we went up and down this, uh, this area and tried to find a sheds one year, never found them. Um, it's and like w- when he sheds, he disappears. We, uh, like overlaid all of our different walking tracks on Onyx and pretty we much We had pictures covered. of them from March 17th that year too, I think, with, with antlers, antlers on. Yeah. So it's like. We kind of knew he, the area he was We knew in. he was there just days prior, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And we've pretty much covered most of that thing. So it, it, East Texas is tough because it really greens up about the time deer drop their antlers. So, like, it ain't like you can just walk around in a open understory and yeah. see antlers. That just doesn't happen. You know, you're real lucky if you do find one. Um, I did find one that year uh, off of a deer that we were targeting that died at the hands of another guy. <laughs> that so, was the next year, actually, wasn't it? I think it was 20... I don't that, know. That was going to be – that was after the 2018 season. No. Mm. Ah, maybe it was that year. I don't know. You Didn't you find that <laughs> shed while while I was hunting? You were mm-hmm. pushing deer to Yeah, me? I was trying to push a deer to yeah. you on te- East Texas Public Land Deer Drive. Dadgummit. One man. That's right. Yeah. One man drive. That's, all, that's all it takes, man. That deer was killed by a dude the day before in, in literally the same location, you know, as mm-hmm. we hunted. And it's like – you know, it kind of gets weird, but uh, anyway, we we kind of found that out or whatever. But yeah, that's a uh, that was a good deer we were trying to get after. And there's a couple of decent bucks in this area, like deer, deer that we probably would shoot um, over the years. There has been, you know, but this teenager deer has really just perplexed us. And honestly, any of them, uh, we we know one area that you and I feel like we could kill deer, like pretty consistent. Yeah, but the rest of the property. We've tried to hunt other places, and it's been difficult. Dude. Yeah, it's a tough thing. And uh, believe me, we've covered the whole thing and have not found a buck bed one yet. Uh, well, I can't say that, but we've not found like that spot that it's like, okay, let's go in here in October and set up and shoot this deer yeah, 50 yards from his bed. It's worn to the dirt right now yeah. in September or whatever. No, you know, And like I think, honestly, if we didn't have pigs, maybe we could maybe you might be right about that you know maybe maybe that's a thing um but explain why uh because what happens is is a deer goes in and beds somewhere one time and then a hog finds the bed and says no i want this yeah or a sounder comes through and just gets him rages the whole deal yeah yeah you know like it's 
the hogs pretty much take over the best bedding on a property. Now, the one redeeming thing is, is that hogs really concentrate more near water than deer do. So maybe you can find bedding that hogs don't want to use because it's too far away from water. Uh, otherwise, it ain't a thing. If you want to go around on Texas public land and find beds, you're going to run around and find hog beds. That's what you're going to do. Yeah. It's, and funny enough, unless you... We found you way s- more hog beds. <sighs> Dude, they make some cool beds too, like the yeah. females with the babies. Like they make like this, they look like a ostrich nest. nests. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just a big old thing of grass and it's like well constructed. And then you start thinking, like, man, do I need to be shooting these things? They're, like, very <laughs> yeah. maternal and like, weird thought put into this, you know. But yeah. then you see them and you're like, yeah, I'm going to shoot that for <laughs> yeah. sure. Um, but, that but, needs an arrow. <laughs> yeah. Or a shotgun. Yeah, for real. Uh, buckshot. Um, man, that's going to be fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, um, we actually, okay, to be frank, and probably if you've listened to like episode one through ten of the podcast or something, we have talked some about betting. That's because um, around that time it got real popular to concentrate on um, buck betting mm-hmm. because of some of the people from up in the upper Midwest, uh, yeah, you know, like the hunting bee stuff and all that was really becoming popular, and. Um, Everybody's like, you got to find book beds. you got to hunt them B-style. You know? And yeah. we're like, okay, let's try that. Sure. Um, got to try it. it. Yeah, you got to try yeah. it. Yeah. And we didn't know any better. You know? It's like, well, uh, I've never tried that before. Let's go see what we can find. Well, <clears throat> we might have found, like, some things we thought were buck beds. And I could even remember, um, maybe on the property we're heading to today, no, it was a different spot. But... We, like, found entrance and exit trails into this thicket, and we're like, oh, this is going to be it. Set up a trail camera there, like, in January, went back and literally had, like, four pictures of does, and that's it. Yeah. You know, it's like, what on earth is going on? That's the thing. I think, like, I feel like, you know, we'll sometimes we'll find something that we're like, okay, this could be a buck bed, right? Mm-hmm. It, because because it's a little thicket of you know privet or something like that, and it's got a bunch of little tiny little rubs on it, right? Maybe it's because it's a non-native invasive. Thing. So that's why I'm bed there. <laughs> yeah. So, but the thing is, to me, it's like okay, what I think is happening is you've got a buck, you know, that beds in that privet thicket for four days, and then something different happens, you know. And the weather changes. Somebody comes in there. A sounder of hogs comes through. Whatever it might be, and now that buck is moving his bedding. Mm-hmm. And he may have moved it twenty yards. He may have moved it a quarter mile. You know, whatever. But like consistently bedding in the one spot. And and I also wonder if like elevation doesn't play into this too. The the lack of in our area. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely is possible. But I mean, there's plenty of places elsewhere where there's not elevation that deer are bedding. You mm-hmm. know and you know, who yeah, knows sure. if buck betting works there or not. But it, it, it at least lends itself to be able to find it a little bit easier. Yeah. You know, here's the here's the question and where we're going to get challenged on this thing is true buck bed hunters are going to say, we just haven't found them yet. Yeah. You know, they're going to say big bucks habitually find the places that don't have pressure and that they can bed and, and have that solitude. And... I guess as a caveat, maybe that's the case. Man. But you know what? We have walked we, some miles, That's right. Dude. We've spent so much time walking around, searching, scouting, trying to find this stuff that, quite honestly, 
if it does exist, it's not worth the time and effort to find it no. when we could be doing other things like finding persimmon thickets <laughs> or pinch points and all this other yeah. stuff. And dude, you know, we were going like bi weekly in 27 oh, or 2018, yeah. one of those years. Like, we were going, we were real fired up about teenager that year, yeah, yeah. And we were going literally at least bi weekly and, and doing five to ten miles probably at, in, the, in the day during the yeah. summer. And dude, it's been tough, you know. Like, here's another just to kind of further disprove a guy who would say that we we recently had a buddy help us out with uh a missouri camera not mm-hmm. not a i wouldn't say a buddy a guy that uh reached out through social that wanted yeah. to help a follower okay? a guy yeah. who, who follows exactly. us you know become a friend now so we don't know him yeah and i don't want to like uh you know say anything about him because i don't know anything about him but he went in and got the camera and there's some pretty good bucks on it and KC was like dude go hunt it yeah. You know, if you want to. And he was like, never again. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> this boy's too fat for that or something. You know, he made kind of a fat joke or whatever. And who knows if he actually is. But he was basically saying, like, that was a tough hike. Mm-hmm. So, dude, I, I'm not saying that I know there are dudes out there that go harder than us. I know there are. You know, like we've talked to several of them on the podcast, and there's a bunch of other ones out there. A lot of them are super silent about everything, right? Greg, Greg Litzinger is way tougher than me. Oh, guarantee you. <laughs> guarantee you. You know what I mean? Chad yeah. Sylvester, too. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. It's like, those guys are beasts, right? Mm-hmm. That's cool, but we're not, I'm just saying we're not slouches, I don't think, either. No. So, and we've Especially put a lot not of in August. Yeah. Whenever we're like, yeah, let's be in shape and do this thing. Yeah. You know, by December... You know, Duplex City, we have been there a few times. Well, that's the thing, dude. It's like (laughs) another thing about, you know, down here is like, dude, it's hot. Yeah. You know, I mean, people are, people, you know, are not, there aren't people like going in three or four miles around here. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we're going, you know, three quarters of a mile in in the summer is further than almost anybody's going in in the summer around here. Yeah. And today we're going to go over a mile in a couple times probably a couple different places and and do that thing and i feel like that we're kind of justifying uh our our case here you know what i mean but Mm -hmm. you know in corinthians paul justifies his case quite a bit i'm not trying to be like paul or i mean i'm trying to be like paul but i'm not uh, saying that i am by any means but like you know sometimes you got to say like hey here's here's uh the reasons why my case is is what i believe to be true you know so Mm -hmm. anyway um yeah oh the whole re- speaking of reasons yep. the whole reason that we wanted to talk about this buck bedding thing well of course it's it's pretty complex but yes th- i had a guy um i was talking to on social media the other day and sorry i don't remember who which person it was because i was chatting with a couple people who had messaged us and uh, <laughs> we were talking about texas public land i think it was somebody who was kind of new at it and he was talking about you know, he's, he had his on X, he's been, uh, you know, map scouting, and he's got a kayak, and he's going to go do that thing. And I was like, man, it sounds like a good plan, you know, like getting in there, you know, using creative access. Sounds awesome. And, and then he was, said something about, and then I'm going to go in there, I'm going to find some buck beds and, you know, hunt those. And I didn't say anything. I didn't don't mean to be discouraging uh, and maybe, you know, if I told a guy, man, that's not going to happen, I think I did say something like, man, it's kind of tough. I've, I hadn't had much luck with it or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe he's the guy who can figure it out and then 
you know, that knowledge can be shared with other people. You know, I don't want to like uh, discredit him or, or discourage him from doing that. Right. But I also at the same time feel like that's a person who has been influenced, not wrongly, but just a, a misplaced influence mm-hmm. by someone from the Midwest or, or up north or something who, I mean, for instance, Greg Litzinger. Dude hunts buck beds religiously because yeah. they exist they where exist. he's at. Like, and it's a thing. I mean, and that's kind of, and okay, so you mentioned the beast style or whatever yeah. earlier, too. Same deal. Like, those guys are hunting very similar habitats across the country, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a marsh type of buck bed, right? Yeah. Based, you know, like, it's like, okay, well, this is going to be And people in the hill country can do it, too, though, you know? Like, yes, yeah, and, and, you know, like, bluff country and stuff like that in Wisconsin or whatever, like I was talking about earlier with the elevation and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, like, you can find a particular ridge that has a buck bed on it because of the way the wind works through that little area right there and uh and then the depth that it may be into the public and the the seclusion and that kind of thing if it all like works out to be perfect it's like yeah it's a great place for a buck to bed Mm -hmm. and that's why i was kind of mentioning the elevation earlier but i feel like that one that guy that you're you're talking about on social i feel like there's been a couple others that have mentioned that lately buck beds lately and and maybe they're doing it and if they can find them like heck yeah dudes do it uh for sure it's just not something we've had a ton of success doing and it's not something you need to ignore right right, like you need to think about it and i mean i killed a spike in i guess 2019 technically technically, the 2018 season but january yeah yeah the the january it was on uh new year's day it was on new year's day i'd stayed up late the night before um (laughs) but that buck bedded and i watched him bed and then i called to him from his bed and he came out and i shot him yeah is that buck bedding I don't know i mean technically what they probably would say no you know yeah i mean but I, i don't know i mean if he bedded there, then you didn't f- maybe find the bed, but like you you were hunting a bedding area. See, that's I think I don't know. I think that's a really good point to talk about, Tyler. Okay, is in the East Texas, in particular, you might not be able to find buck beds, but maybe you can find a buck bedding area, a place. Maybe it's a twenty-acre section, ten acres, five acres, who knows, of good habitat that habitually deer are going to use as bedding. Maybe not the same specific beds, but if you can figure out a food source or something else that they're wanting to travel to, you can set up near that and hunt it similarly to buck bedding. And I think that's what we do in that stand, yeah, honestly. Yeah, but, I think we've done that a, a few times out here, And too. that kind of almost goes back to the DMA principle, where deer movement area, yeah. where... Um, placing the odds in your favor yeah, exactly. but you're not like able to go okay i'm i'm gonna sneak in and have the most quiet system ever and set up 75 yards from this buck's mm-hmm. bed and he's gonna only walk you know he's only walking a hundred before dark so i'm gonna be within that range and i'm gonna kill him you know yeah it's like it doesn't really work like that it's like well i'm gonna have to go out here and sit for a week or you know not necessarily straight but you know sit for seven or eight days and one of those days, I'm hunting close enough to that buck's particular bed that day, yeah. and I and I kill him. I think, right? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what you're saying is the area is too large to just set up 75 yards from the buck's bed. To, There's a bachelor you... group right there in Was that it? corner. Oh, yeah, man, <laughs> that's cool. That is cool. Dang, dude, the deer are moving. They are this morning. Yeah, man. we so, actually got some good video. Of we did. Some bucks this we morning. did. Um, so let's do this. Uh, we've been. I wouldn't say negative, but we've been down on buck bedding okay. this whole time. Dunk, the 
frost on the prairie is yep. blooming. Get it your is. honey, guys, <laughs> before it's too late. Uh, so maybe let's talk a little bit about things to concentrate on whenever you're hunting public land stuff. Instead of doing the buck bedding thing like some other – look at that big buck out there in that. Oh He's hard-horned. He is, isn't he? <laughs> Hard-bodied, too. He's he uh, concrete. Uh, so <clears throat> let's talk about a few things uh, – maybe like that we're going to be looking for today and that people can think about whenever they're going out on east texas and texas public land in general uh you know to kind of maybe <clears throat> have an open mind about the buck bedding but also have these other things in the back of your mind too that way you're not just pigeonholing yourself yeah. so my first one and i think it's an interesting thing because you killed two deer off of it last year uh we know of a guy who killed a boone and crockett deer off of this in east texas um, and then had a YouTube message from a guy last night who said he didn't even know what they looked like. So we're talking about persimmons, okay? <clears throat> you can go in this time of year, find alligator-looking bark on a tree with glossy green leaves, and it has little green golf balls all around it without the divots in them. Those are persimmons, okay? Starting about October 15th, those persimmons are going to start turning orange, and the deer will start hitting them. They'll even eat them green. Mm. Um, but that's a huge thing that you can go in and scout for right now and mark and know that you can have some success if you find a really good persimmon patch to mm. hunt. And we're actually going to do a little bit of that today. Yeah, we're going to do some persimmon scouting. Uh, you and I have really gotten on board with the persimmon thing since last year. Does that mean the persimmon rage, uh, like corn that you buy yeah. in a 10 pound sack yeah, yeah yeah we've really bought a lot of that and spread it around <laughs> uh no we we have gotten on board with the persimmon thickets um i actually on my property have a really good tree you do one tree you know <clears throat> like it's a big tall probably 30 something foot tree or so and it is loaded this year and i kind of cleared out around it to give it some sunlight and to give it uh you know a little less competition and also to kind of make an area where the persimmons can drop and the deer don't have to fight cedar limbs and stuff to get them, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but it just feels like it. So cleared it out a little bit. But my, yeah, after seeing what happened last year for everybody and for me as well, it's definitely something I want to key in on. And I think that um, hopefully, you know, it, it can pay off for us. The, the issue with some some of this stuff is uh you get you'll get like you know persimmons sometimes you'll get a ton of them in particular areas say like for instance if the if you're hunting public land and the say the department came in and cleared a big huge bunch of areas on this property um in the last 10 years or something like that you know or 15 years you may have a bunch of persimmons growing up that are all over like several hundred acres if depending on how many places and how big they cleared out so like focusing on a particular you know persimmon hatch or whatever is kind of going to be a difficult thing maybe i think what you'd want to do there is and, and did we, you just say persimmon hatch yes it's <laughs> fly fishing, fly fishing. <laughs> watch out for this rooster here uh there's goodness there's roosters everywhere golly wild um, chickens so um I think that what you need to, you know, look look for in that case would be like, and this is something through and through I think is a good thing whether you're hunting persimmons or not, is like cross, I don't know, cross multiplying, 
your uh, features. You know what I mean? So like, where do persimmons <laughs> align with, um, you know, like a creek horn or something like okay. that? Okay. All you right. Know what so I mean? tell me about the creek horn thing. Let's list a couple of the the features. Are here. we going to go through our entire uh, video catalog here? Ooh, no, we're not. <laughs> okay. Just, just uh, tell me that one. So yeah. So a creek we'll... horn would be like you know if you're if you're hunting. Um, uh, Okay, let's do this instead. Okay. So, like a, a secondary creek, because we've got we're going to look at a particular area today that's like this. Mm-hmm. You've got a secondary creek um, where that creek comes into the main stem of the creek. A lot of times, it's a there's a lot of elevation there, and a deer would rather kind of swoop out and and go around through a like easier part of the creek to travel through, right? Yeah. So if they bring if that brings them out around this creek, and there's persimmons growing up on the edge of the big timber, mm-hmm. basically that surrounds that creek then where those deer are naturally coming around the edge of that secondary creek and and crossing it and there's persimmons close by somewhere there Mm -hmm. like somewhere in there is a good place to be because you're matching up with two things that would direct deer movement essentially so you know one of the interesting things i'll i'll give uh midwest deer a little credit here Mm -hmm. um they can be real dumb sometimes and real Fun. Ready, yeah, real ready to get <laughs> shot, and that makes them real cool. And they're big. Uh, East Texas deer don't like to cross steep bank creeks. Mm-hmm. Whenever we did a bunch of our map scout challenge stuff, like when we went to Missouri and Illinois and Tennessee, Kentucky, all that stuff, um, deer would like bail off the side of something that I didn't want to go down, mm-hmm. and then go up the other side. Yeah, here deer like I guess just because we don't have a lot of elevation in general. Deer don't really like to do that too much. You know, deer in East Texas, they are going to do what Tyler said. They're going to go up and they're going to find the best place to cross that creek. And in fact, today we're going to go hang a camera on one of those places where it's, you know, it's substantially far from the main creek, but it's just the perfect place where uh, maybe some beavers have been in there in the past and kind of done some stuff or whatever, but uh, you have a real thick spot up you know, upstream from there and downstream from there. It's real steep banks and it's just the perfect little crossing and we're going to key in on that and uh, hang a camera there it's been a good spot for us in the past so yeah. there's a we're going to actually be releasing uh somewhere around september i think uh several of these public land hot spot videos they're short videos we so talked about them they're so hot they are man they're they're really it's good little info bits you know and it's easy to watch you can watch the whole thing without having to like the map scout challenge a lot of guys are like okay i watched 15 minutes but i'm gonna have to wait till tonight because my lunch breaks over you know mm-hmm. but with these you'll be able to watch them and 10 minutes or less and so hot takes guys hot takes it's good stuff um but hopefully it'll help you guys out funny enough um today we uh had plans to introduce our cameraman for the season uh not on this podcast on a different podcast we'll probably record with him maybe but we're having the woes already he's a he's a he's a young sprout he's a young bean sprout (laughs) and uh Jack the Beanstalk. He went to the wrong place. So <laughs> now uh, we were going to meet somewhere else, and now we are 30 minutes apart. So um, <laughs> Whoa, we're going to we figure doing? that thing out here in just a second. But, um, guys, just wanted to kind of tell you, don't get duped by the buck bedding thing. Yeah, spend a little time thinking about it when you're walking around the woods. Always think about it, but don't. Uh, just fall into that pit. Instead, have an open mind and go hunt deer the way deer live. If deer live by habitual beds where you live, go out there and smoke them. If deer eat persimmons where you live, go out there and smoke them. If deer 
eat out of bird feeders where you live. Go out there and smoke them. Smoke. It don't matter, dude. Just go out there and have fun. <laughs> um, and uh, just just get to hunting, man, because yep. it's, it's a good time. Speaking of hunting, you actually got to do a little hunting the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You did, too. You are with a camera. But That's right. You, you actually had a bow, and I we, did. Th- we thought you might get to shoot something. It was on the ground a lot. Um, remind me, I've got a I've got an interesting thought about this, but I need to okay. let the listener know what we were doing. All right, we were hog hunting. Set it up. Yeah, and the the so basically, since I uh, have obtained this new property, I started putting some corn out and a camera, see what what would happen, you know, and I have had hogs coming in. And sometimes this time of year, they can get <clears throat> pretty uh, patternable, I guess, you know, depending on uh, how how well their water source is doing, I think. I mm-hmm. think when their water dries up, they start to scatter and figure things out. But I have a, I have a little tiny pond. It's basically turned into a waller. And um, they have been – I was having some boars and a, a couple of uh, small groups coming in, uh, and they were – the boars especially were coming in in the daylight um pretty much every evening right before dark that's what you call a pattern that's a pattern dude Mm. i mean it was happening and so we were like okay let's uh test out these uh tethered platforms that they sent us and and uh saddles and everything uh see if we can you know see how we're going to like them see if we're going to get used to them and how they're going to work and just kind of get our hanging hunt system back in order a little bit it's funny how how i can in early december literally it's like an extension of my body to hang a stand you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. and and this time of year i'm like dang i mean i forgot this and what do i do with this oh yeah this is this goes here and oh man i wish i had that where did that go you know it's like so it's good to it's good to do that man i just saw the biggest spider web ever Ooh. um which is going to happen today for several times. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, we decided to go out and uh, and hunt, and it's uh, we actually the 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 I'm pretty sure it was the boar that we shot saw. Uh, I don't know if the, we saw it. I think it's a boar. Boar. You said boy. Boar. I think you said boy. Oh well, we'll let the listener be the judge of that. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure you just want me to say boy. No, I did not. Uh, I did but not. anyway, I, I, I was. Just want to uh, clarify. I think everybody knows I'm intending to say boy, whether I said it or not. Um, so anyway, uh, he came out and like dipped back in real quick, and we were like, hey. the wind was blowing around. I mean, the wind was not. It was like very, very light and variable. It was almost dead calm, and so the wind was just like wherever you know. A, a uh, thermal happened and didn't happen at that at time of year or mm-hmm. that time of night. You know, it's like in the shadows, it might be sinking over here. In the sun, it might be rising over here, and it's like things are just not going what doing what they're supposed to do. We we're supposed to have a slight cold front and, and a north wind, so it's supposed to be like ninety five or whatever. You know, and ended up um, he like dipped back in, and we didn't we didn't uh, know really what had happened we thought he saw us and we we're like man we messed that up we're out here it's 95 degrees we're sweating like you know crazy and it's just like a stuck pig and uh you know we just messed up our chance at this hog it's like kind of felt like a wasted deal and then you know 45 minutes later we're sitting there and this is stuff that you don't really get to see in the video sometimes because we get so hot we forget to video and talk about it and everything but this 
this uh, hog had just kind of stood right there. You know, KC called it. He was like, man, I bet that thing's within 100 yards of us. And he, he definitely was, I think. And 45 minutes later or so, we hear a... <laughs> we're like, we looked at each other and we both knew. We were like, that's a pig shaking its head and its ears flapping on the side of its head. <laughs> and it was like, it was at like it 30 yards. like three times. Yeah. So it was like the first time we both looked at each other like... Was that what we thought it was? And then <laughs> it did it again. And Tyler both just like, we like oh, yeah. lip it to each other. We're like, that's a hog's ears. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And it was so quiet, man. It was so still and quiet. Oh. And so he ends up coming out at like maybe 25, 27 yards or so. And, the you know, I had, where I had, I had been putting the corn was like at like 15 or 20, pretty close, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, so he starts like he's he's just being super super like uptight man. You can tell he doesn't like it, but he really likes that corn, you know. Man, it's crazy how they lose their minds for it. Yeah, hogs and deer. Yeah, and he just he just was he, he would take like two steps and then he would just tense up and stick his snout out and smell, you know. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, and I was like, man, the wind's being crazy. I need to. I was wanting him to come in 20 and, you know, obviously make this a, an easy shot and a, a good video and everything. And he ends up going from about 25, kind of angled out, going like to 30. And I had ranged it earlier, and I was like, yeah, it's, I think that's going to be right at about 30. And uh, you were like, I got him. And then uh, he he was started moving, and I was like, I didn't want to grunt stop him, you know. And I didn't want him, I mean, because he was gonna, he was stopping every few steps, but he took like several steps in a row and then ended up, and I had drawn or whatever when he kind of turned his head away and, and um, he stopped at like 30-ish and uh, I shot and it was, he was behind a limb in case he was kind of pulling the camera around the other side of the tree, but I was running out of space to shoot too because just this time of year, there's leaves everywhere, mm-hmm. you know. And we didn't so, do any trimming or anything on your tree. No, I mean, well, we were just practicing for public land. You That's know? right, man. Um, so anyway, we uh, the shot I felt pretty good about it. Um, he was so uptight that I actually think he ducked my arrow just a touch, and um, ended up also turning a little bit. But I don't know, like that stuff happens so fast, you know, who knows if he did it before the arrow got there or not, but it definitely seemed like he did. And you've had a pig uh, duck your arrow while I was filming in 2016, I believe. Yeah. And, um, uh, and spined about, him. Yeah, about spined the sucker. I think it was more high long. Yeah, it's kind of like a weird little spot. Knocked him over, though. Dude, he, like, went into spine mode, like, straight up just paralyzed and then just got up, broke your well, arrow off, and took off that's, running. I was shooting a different broadhead and arrow setup back then, and it was a light arrow, uh, big old, you know, I bought into the whole, like, giant hole, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I think that's what it was is that it just transferred all the energy at once because that – Broadhead yeah. has so much resistance, you know. Right. I think that was the deal. It wasn't penetrating. Like, I mean, golly, you shot this pig with one of the day six setups we shoot, and freaking Smoke City, Texas, because we were in Texas. So That's Smoke right. City, Texas <laughs> it's, it's very appropriate. Like you said, he he turned a little bit, um, but if anything, it just made it harder on him. Like you, it, when he turned, it made it to where you got up in like the heart stuff. Mm. Whereas otherwise it would have been probably just double lung, maybe some liver or something like that. But um, smoke the pig. He shot him like halfway up the body, which is a great shot on a hog. Um, but dude, he took off running through the woods, 
And that was the cool part about that Dude. footage is that Dude, it was like you know, was he like, was running into some stuff. Oh man. my gosh, man! I mean, right off the bat, like as soon as he got to the woods, it's weird because you would think they would know the trail or a trail on the edge of the woods there, and the stuff's pretty thick. But mm-hmm. like, dude, you talk about if you've never seen an eight foot beautyberry, like, you know, a woody stalk that is basically a small tree, right? Mm-hmm. And there's several stalks coming out of this thing, like seven or eight maybe ten whatever like a bunch of them and this dude bails straight through this tree and what was amazing to me you know is the track job was uh pretty difficult at night and in the thick stuff but we stayed on it from you know we we only had a couple of times where we went without finding blood for a couple minutes you know Mm -hmm. um but we ended up you know it took a while and just was thick and we were bent over and it was dark and we didn't have all the great lights and stuff and we ended up finding the pig and i was for sure the arrow was broke somewhere you know and just yeah. couldn't find it or in the grass it passed through because it was kind of kind of dark couldn't see very good and dude he had the arrows sticking out of him not broken one bit i'm like this is for real dude like yeah i, I don't know man the you know there's something to the way those things are wrapped you know oh um, yeah you know thick uh carbon shafts you know it's you open that thing up it's a it's like a five millimeter ish type area, you know, but if you look at the inside, the inside hole or whatever uh-huh. is way smaller than a regular area, yeah. you know. It's just, so Brian says those things are wrapped, um, kinda like cross centrically or something. I don't yeah. really remember what he says, but um it's not just that they're thick, but they actually are built to be tougher and that's the that's the truth right there. After you see how much stuff that sucker ran through. Yep. I mean, he's like a pushing 200-pound boar. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of force you can put on stuff, too. Dude, yeah. Yeah. And the and the, the broadhead was, I guess it had hit, you know, a, a rib or something on the other side, and it was just buried. I think it was in the shoulder. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. And we, dude, we could not get, it took some pulling to get that yeah, thing out. I had out. to hold on to the hog while you pulled on the air to get <laughs> yeah. it out of there. And uh, we finally got it out. But my point is, like, it wasn't just, like, loosely flopping around. You yeah. know what I mean? It was, like, rigid when he went through that tree, I'm yeah. guessing. And so, just insane, man. Those yeah. things are so tough. It was a fun hunt. The, the video's on YouTube if you haven't seen it. Uh, fun we'll put a link down thing. below for sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was, it was a good time, man. And we, we, um, we've kind of – you've mentioned this before. We've had a little bit of a change of heart about hogs, you know, um, Granted, if we're in there hunting a big deer or something like that, it's going to be a little bit annoying to have 40 hogs come running through the middle oh, of it. Oh, you know? yeah. But if it's August 2nd and you're trying to do something fun, yeah, it's a pretty fun thing to do. Yeah, or January or February, March or it's April. True. You know, it's like, man, there's some good months to to hunt pigs in, you know. Yep. And uh, anyway, I got to pull in here and get some trail camera batteries. I almost missed it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so the the – you know map scout challenge uh for texas has released at this point if you haven't seen that go check it out we'll link to that below one of the texas one of them that's right we got three of those coming up they'll be filtered in (laughs) guys we really appreciate the support with that Mm -hmm. if you're new to finding us because the map scout challenge thank you for being here by the way uh if you don't know what the map scout challenge is my goodness what are you doing with your life you need to go (laughs) check out youtube because that's where the party's at as soon as this podcast is over um we have two episodes out. Yep, we've of got that. a Kentucky and a and a yep. Texas one. Those out. will come out weekly uh, on Tuesdays, probably Tuesday evenings, uh, pretty much until deer season opens for everyone. Right. Yeah. So like into the first week of October. 
Yeah, so we'll right. have quite a few of those coming up. So, guys, be ready for that. Uh, go over there, hit the subscribe button on YouTube if you hadn't, and uh, get into some map scouting. That's right. Um, the next one up is Oklahoma. Is that right? Oklahoma, yeah. 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 So, I actually, you're not in this one, but Wes Lowry, our buddy, the big buck slayer, is... 2SB! Which, by the way, have you seen the buck that he's got on camera this year? Yeah, that guy. Oh, my goodness, that guy, Him and his trash can feeders. <laughs> <laughs> dude, he's got, a, he's got a nice buck that he's hoping. He said he's pretty regular, so... That's good. Pretty exciting, man. We might have to do another big buck breakdown on West Lowry this year. Mm-hmm. Get some rutting around in there. <laughs> That's right, dude. <laughs> That'll be sick. I hope he gets to to shoot that big sucker and i hope if you're listening you get to shoot a big sucker this year too man that's what off a buck bed too oh man just shoot him in the bed you know just <laughs> yep. hang your stand right over the top of it that's the, that's the funny thing honestly that everybody always talks about oh I snuck in and hung my stand real quiet and he came in it's like how do you know he was in that bed yeah like why don't you just if you're that sneaky just climb the tree 30 yards from him and shoot him right there yeah you know, I don't know. It's weird because some of those guys talk about hanging forty yards from their bed. And I'm like, dude, is it really forty? Because do you know how close that is to hang a tree? Forty stand? yards is real close. The other and night, how do you get up and not get seen anyway? Didn't those does come out at like fifty? And I was like, they're right there. Yeah. You know, it seemed like they were so close. Yeah, dude. It's, like forty uh, yards is not far. Yeah, I guess if you got a good stiff wind, I guess it works. There are guys who can cover forty yards in four and a half seconds. Yes. You know, like. I used to be one of those guys. Were you a four or five guy? I had four, I had four or five times. Golly, so. yeah, that's fast. It was, but uh, once I gained weight in college, I was not mm. a four or five guy. Yeah, uh, fastest I ever. I was a four seven guy because four seven nine counts. That's that's why <laughs> I was a four seven there you guy. Go. <laughs> I like it, man. Yeah, yeah, and in high school, if you had a if you had a coach, uh, that's right. You had to figure out which guy was the the yeah. quickest on yeah, the like, clock. It really just came down to like, can can you find the coach that likes you the best? You know? Oh yeah, you gonna get that four seven nine. It's kind of <laughs> like uh, my dad always gets so mad, you know, about this. But he's like, man, there have been so many ten point oh ones late weighed in on Lake Fork. Yeah, oh yeah, dude, <laughs> you, you know, gotta get there. It's like how many droplets of water is in point oh one? You know what I mean? <laughs> that's a good question, dude. Maybe we should do like a, uh, you know, there's a show sports science. You yeah, know what I'm talking yeah. about? Maybe we should do like Dude, a uh, sportsman science. Sportsman science. Yeah. That government, somebody's going to steal that now. Uh, <laughs> they like to steal everything we do. They do. So they? they do. <laughs> we they just like, recently got something yeah, stolen. Apparently, from us. if you do blank scout challenge, um, <laughs> it's a it's a pretty good thing. Uh, on it's YouTube. all good, man. We're trying to help each other out. That's man. right. You know? That's right, so, man. Whatever. But uh, I'm. Uh, I'm honored and flattered. You are flattery. I'm I'm a flattery kind of guy. (laughs) Yeah, well, anyways, guys, we are going to get some scouting done today. We got to get these bats. Uh, Tyler, are you going to buy lithiums? (laughs) You mean liths? Liths. Are you going to buy liths in the bats, (laughs) put in the cams? Dad, kill me, dude. I don't know if I have enough money. Actually, I I got some cash in here. I don't think we should buy lithiums. You don't think? I think we should wait until... uh, We'll come back over here. Yeah, and whenever we do our October check or whatever put lithiums in that way they last the rest of the season all right i think i mean there's buy some, some nail clippers in there are you really sure. dude they're getting uh i could be wolverine at this point i think mm. yeah well, i bet we find some of those on camera today i bet there's a lot of them out there <laughs> yeah uh, uh, if you're talking about hairy public land hunting man there might be oh <laughs> uh, guys remember to go check out those links and remember this is your element living it
Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit MarketHouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to Land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. 